Welcome to In the News for ooh, Friday the 13th, which is actually May 13th, 2022. I am Brett Bernie from appsandlaw.com. Uh, and this is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Um, hello, Brett. How's it going? It's it's going okay, even though it is Friday the 13th. I've got a beautiful weather up here in the Ohio land, and uh, I am great to talk with you, even though it's a little bit of a sad week or a bittersweet week in a way I should say right Jeff because I feel like a part of my nerdy geeky soul got uh, uh had, had had to pass away this past week you wrote some you wrote some good words about it here and we are talking about the iPod which yes. I when was it first originally introduced in 2001 right 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 and you had some good links on here I, I i just i don't even know where to start like yeah <laughs> i've got you know, the poster behind me it's 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 a little sad but we know that it it, it has it has to pass on may it rest in peace even though the ipod is holding on to it <laughs> yeah i mean the ipod has truly been gone for a while but this is wow. the week that apple yeah. said it's really official that you you can't even buy an ipod shuffle anymore a press and, release even. and even an wow. iPod, i'm sorry the ipod touch rather and even the ipod touch was yeah. you know barely an yeah. iPod because it was really more of an iPhone than an iPod right. in my mind. But um, <laughs> but regardless, it's a nice occasion for us to look back and think about the iPod. And I talked about yeah. some of this in the post today. How it you know it saved Apple's bacon in so many ways. It, it was did. such a successful product. There were so many different versions of it. I mean, so many of us use different models of the iPods over the year. And um, you know, there's just a million wonderful things that you can say about it. And um, and even though now the idea of something that only plays music seems a little simplistic at the uh -huh. time. It was phenomenal. I remember one of my partners back in 2001 when the iPod came out, he had something um, called a, uh, I think it was called a Nomad. It was a digital jukebox. I, I may have that name wrong, but oh, it was yeah. this huge device. It, it was it was hard drive based like the iPod, but it was right. so big and it did have lots of different songs on it, but it was so big that I'm like, how can you can't even carry that around? You certainly wouldn't put it in your pocket. And so like when Apple, you know, and there's, there's great stories about how Apple, you know, first found this very, very small hard drive being manufactured in China. And they basically designed the product around that right. and said, what can right. we do with this really small hard drive and came up with the first generation of the iPod. I had the first generation iPod. Did you, Brett? Yes, did you get one in 2001? Me too. I, actually, I, I did not get the very first one. I had the second uh -huh. generation. It was my yeah. first. The first one was neat because it was the one and only model that the wheel uh -huh. on the iconic wheel actually right. spinned. Right. And so like you could actually feel the clicks as you spun it around, which was nice. And I know why Apple changed that design over the years to go to more of a swipe design because yeah. I'm sure it was so much better for repairability and dust would yes. get in the old one. But right. there actually was something pretty cool just from an analog standpoint of feeling that thing spinning around um but just the idea of having a thousand songs in your pocket in 2001 was it just seemed amazing and then of course it led yeah. us to the music revolution of being able to download songs one at a time which nowadays right. seems a little quaint because people are basically streaming <laughs> music now although you can still buy songs <laughs> if you want to um right. the only times that i really buy songs nowadays is if i want to use a song as like the soundtrack for like a right. home video that I'm making. Right. You can't exactly. use a streaming uh, so music when you have to actually right. own the song. So I'll, I'll spend right. a buck to buy the song to put in the background of my silly little home video. But yeah. um, otherwise I don't really buy music. But I mean, it just changed so much. It, it gave Apple such confidence that it could design these small products, which of course led to the iPhone. And even though Apple continued to design the iPod for many years after the iPhone came out in 2007, you know, right. once the iPhone started to become popular, you could sort of see that it was going to replace the iPod eventually. And of course now it has. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so many air angles on this. I, I, you and I have talked about the diamond Rio before, right? Which was I had one of those, almost, yeah. Yeah. I know you did. Cause we talked about it, but it was almost the size of what the iPod became to be. Mm -hmm. But I think the most I could get on there. And I thought I was hot stuff was 22 songs. I like, man, I am like, I mean, I might be able to get a few more depending on how and you, you must like, have had them pretty them. heavily compressed or at least the version I had got about yeah. eight to 10 songs. Like not I know, even a it full was, album. Yeah. But I was rocking it. I was just the <laughs> coolest kid on the block walking around. And just the idea, like a thousand songs in your pocket, right? I mean, that was what an incredible tagline, you know, a marketing stuff, because sure. we just sat there and I remember hearing that and be like, whatever, dude, like, there's no way. And just what you said about that hard drive. And, and, and I know we've talked about this book, isn't it um, Becoming Steve Jobs? Mm -hmm. I read that maybe a few months ago. And Jeff, you alluded to this in your post, but it was 
a complete gamble. I mean, just reading through there and at the time I, you alluded to this again, that Apple was in the, in the midst, in the throes almost of becoming bankrupt. I mean, people, they were scrambling for something and Steve had this vision. I mean, at least he's the one that sort of led this vision. Like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go all in on music. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, obviously, mm -hmm. but at the time it was Mac computers. We didn't have an iPhone. We didn't have an Apple watch. We didn't have an iPad. Like they didn't have anything. And they made this decision. We're going to go all in the iTunes software, of course, for the Mac came out and eventually for the windows as well. But they made a huge gamble on this iPod. And it, we just take that for granted today, I think. But just reading through that book, just really you know cemented that fact like oh my goodness that could have just been the biggest crash and burn <laughs> on the technology side and wow did he make the right gamble on that i mean even talking to the music companies at the time because i remember using napster i remember downloading songs i remember what it was like in the in the pre you know before the ipod and just the fact that we could go and buy a song for 99 cents instead of you know 16 dollars for a whole cd album I mean, that was just so revolutionary at the time. And again, we sort of look back and take that for granted because we don't have to do that anymore. But just so many things that, that, that the iPod and that idea, you know, the concept of carrying the songs. I mean, we were literally doing, you know, the, the, the Sony Walkmans, right? And the Discmans. I mean, that's what we were living with at the time until the, that, you know, the idea of MP3 players came along and then the iPod just, you know, smothered it. Similar to what really the iPhone has done, you know, with a lot of other, um, arguably with a lot of other mobile phones and even the iPad with other tablets, of course, you know, again, we've stated this over and over. Apple isn't usually the first to a market, but when they come into that market, they're pretty much going to take over the market. And that certainly is what happened to the iPod. You mentioned a book that you're reading right now, but if anyone wants a really great book to read on this, um, it came out in 2006. So this was just before the iPhone. So this was prime, prime iPod era. And it was, um, it's called The Perfect Thing. It's written by Stephen Levy, mm. who's one of the, the greatest tech writers yes, of all time. So yes. He used to write for Newsweek in the 90s. Right. It's written for everybody. It is just a fantastic book. And he has incredible inside access uh, to, you know, how the iPod was developed. And it's just full of fantastic stories, including, for example, you talked about the music industry when the iPod came out when well it was after the ipod came out when when what would become the itunes stores came out mm -hmm. um the music industry who's traditionally conservative you know why would they even agree to let apple oh, do this thing yeah. of right. and the, the reason they right. did it is because the ipod at the time only worked on macs and it had firewire it was right. such a small little niche yes, product firewire. that the music industry was like you know who cares you know nobody's gonna right. really try this and little did they know that apple would then make it available for folks that use windows and make it available right. for everybody and it would take over the industry um it's interesting looking Oof. one of wow. the things i linked to today was a, an illustrated history and it shows all the different yes. models of ipod so and fun you know even though we are used to having a new iPhone every year, sometimes the iPhone body design will stay pretty similar from year to year. Right. You know, there's, there's right. only every once in a while do we see a new design. But in the iPod, I mean, Apple was full of designs. The the the, the big iPod more or less stayed the same, but even it would change over the years. And right. then there were different lines like the iPod Shuffle, and we talked about the uh -huh. iPod Touch, um, the iPod Nano, the iPad Min, iPod Mini. Um, <laughs> you know, people talk about how the iPod Mini was the most successful pro consumer product in the world. And then Apple killed it to replace it with the iPod Nano. And it's like, right. you've got to be pretty confident right. in yourself to kill off what is the most successful product because you think you have something better. Um, I'm curious, Brett, I know that you, you, you've owned multiple iPods over the years. And I'm, and I'm yeah. curious what your favorites were. And, I, and I'm going to pick two as, as I was thinking back to all the yeah, different iPods that I owned. Um, in terms of the regular iPod size, and maybe this is a cheat because it's the last one. So, of course, it's the best. But the iPod fifth generation came out yes. in uh, October of 2005. That's mine. Yes. I was I was living in New Here York City because we had evacuated yeah. to New York City after um Hurricane Katrina and so I was yep. living there for about 8 months and I remember going into the Apple Store Soho and my birthday's in November so we got it then Yay. and I just had so much fun. It had the the tiny little video screen which yes. by today's standards yes. says yeah you got one in your hand. It's so small. <laughs> but I remember actually like purchasing seasons of Lost and the office and i would just sit there on the couch <laughs> wow. and just watch shows and of and course now tiny we do little that, screen but now we do that on our iphone or our ipad all the time so right. the idea of just right. sitting on a couch and watching something in a handhold device is not that big of a deal but at the time it was pretty revolutionary um and then of course to have all of your songs on it you could even use it as an external drive but i that ipod fifth generation and i've talked about this yeah. I think before in this podcast mine died a number of years ago when i was in the process of testing it for something on iphone jd um 
I had hooked up a little uh, external Bluetooth thing to give it uh, to give it Bluetooth. Um, but I loved that device. The other one that I really loved was the iPod Shuffle. I owned. I didn't own the very oh, first yeah. generation, which looks sort of like a stick of gum. But I've owned the second, third, and fourth generation. Yes, there it is. Right, the second. And the fourth generations were both like these clips that had buttons yeah, on them. Um, I'll get there. Let me get back to that in a second. The third generation iPod Shuffle was bizarre because it was like a yes. tiny little thing that had there no buttons at all. Right. Oh, no, that's the Nano. The iPod. Oh, that's the, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. The iPod Shuffle that I'm thinking of, the third generation, had zero buttons on it. Like it was, it was incredibly tiny, and you would just plug in your headphones, and if you wanted to play something, you would use the little switch on your headphone cord to pay, play and pause. But it relied upon basically, basically an early version of Siri voice recognition. If you told it, I want you to play this album by this artist and then it would yeah, listen to your voice I remember play. It that was one. really really bizarre um people often talk about it as the worst ipod of, of all time because it had no screen and no buttons um and you know they may be right but i still give apple some credit that they they tried something truly out of the box and you know right, it was really right. really interesting um but the um the second and the fourth generation shuffle you've got the second generation on the screen there right, um, right. they were interesting because although they had no screen they did have buttons on them and i remember that one thing that i had is this device i've, I've long since forgotten the name of it but it was like this little plastic thing that would it was uh, earphones that would go in your ear and then this piece of plastic would wrap behind your head and you would take the ipod <laughs> shuffle and just stick it back there but the the, the oh. net result was in an era before bluetooth being really available i had something that i could just put on my head and i didn't have to have any i didn't have to walk i mean that was it all of my music was right, right there i could you know go running outside or in the treadmill or whatever and i didn't have something else in my pocket i didn't have anything else and it was really really cool and you know people also would use the ipod shuffles um actually no they used the the ipod nano which did have a screen but one of the final did, versions right. of it was right. just Here like a is, square yeah. and people yeah. had watches uh, watch bands that it would go on so it would sort of be sort of like an apple but all of those innovation and crazy ideas only happened because apple was just coming out with so many different designs and so some many. were loved more than others the ipod nano you're showing the the, the fat version of it was not as as uh, a lot of people didn't like the fat version of the ipod nano right. as much as the longer right. ones but it's it's hard to imagine a time when we saw so much innovation from Apple over a relatively short period of time in in product design. Um, it was just fun. So with with that, t tell tell me about your favorite iPod. Oh, I, I, I'm the same fifth generation. In fact, this it actually still works. It's dead right now. Mm -hmm. But I remembered I still I, I got this one. It's 80 gigs is what this had on it, and I was so thrilled with it. And it and like I said, it still works. I usually I had a little like uh, card case that I would put it in just to protect it, even though over the years it is it has been well loved. But I I remember I would use it as my separate Christmas music library. So at Christmas time, because I have all my music at the time, I had old iPhones, right? The, some mm -hmm. of the original iPhones. And I would have like all my regular music on the iPhone, but I always love Christmas music. And I didn't want to mix my two libraries, sure, right? Sure. So I would use this as my separate Christmas music library, because, you know, that's what it sort of was was relegated to. But it was just so cool. And like you said, it was that, you know, just just that that spin motion on there and you know the little click wheel there you could you had the menu and the and the forward or the back button and the play pause uh it just it, it just it was so well loved i mean this would go with me everywhere that old 30 pin connector down there in the bottom as well and it, it's it's funny you know today You've you've mentioned this a couple of times when I talk to folks about the iPhone today and you can do a local backup of your iPhone, right? Everybody does the iCloud backup, which you should, but you can still connect your iPhone to a computer to do like a local backup. And mm -hmm. I bring that up all the time. And I sort of uh, I tell people, do you remember the days of the iPod? <laughs> because back in the day, like all these iPods that we're talking about, they were not connected to the internet, right? Yeah, some of them would have some right? Wi-Fi, but the only way to get your movies or the songs or anything over to those iPods is you would have to physically connect the iPod to your computer and use the iTunes software to copy those songs and those movies. So we had to buy it through a computer. And I remember telling my kids about this and they're just looking at me like, man, what a waste of time, you know? Like, <laughs> But that was the way we did it, right? Today, like you said, you've, you've already alluded to this several times. Today, we just take it for granted. Even when I'm out not connected to Wi-Fi, I can just download whatever I need. 
I can stream any song that I need. And it's just neat to kind of look back and see this evolution. But none of the iPhone, I don't think, would be what it is. I think even that original click wheel, like that haptic feedback, right, that as you were spinning it around, Jeff, like you were talking about, you would feel those little clicks. Just that idea still, I think, permeates into the iPhone and the iPad today. You know, we had the the hard touch or the 3D touch is what they called it one time. You know, it's just a lot of those aspects um, bled into the iPhone, even what I, I love this word, you know, the skeuomorphic aspect, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when the first iPhones came out and the iPod touch here, the way that things looked on there was sort of going back to the way that things were looking on the iPods, just pretty amazing. And wow, what a, what, a, what an, what an eye error yeah. <laughs> there, you know, that era, E-R-A, like what an era to, to see how everything has come about all this time. There was even the U2 iPod. You had a link to this from Stephen Hackett. Mm -hmm. How awesome was this? All the, all the members of YouTube signed the back of it, or YouTube, and then it was a black one with a red click wheel. I mean, just so many iconic things coming out of it. Even, you know, these images, the silhouette images of the ads, right? Whereas a black a silhouette of a person, but they had the white iPod and, of course, you know, the white earbuds, the AirPods. Just so, so, so much, so many fun things on this. And and just quickly, I'll, I'll leave it at this. You and I both, I, I linked to it and you knew exactly what I was linking to. This I remember, and I think that we're correct. This was probably from Saturday Night Live 2009, okay. where Steve Armisen came on and he uh, mimicked Steve Jobs. And this was in the heat of all of those, those that history you were just referring to, Jeff, where they did the nano and then they did the shuffle. And it just seemed like that the iPods got smaller and smaller and smaller. And so this skit on Saturday Night Live, here's a good picture of Fred Arbison here holding, I think this was the iPod Pequeño. <laughs> Is what he said, right? And then later in the skip, he digs in his in his um, in his pocket and comes out, and he says that he's holding the iPod Invisa. <laughs> it's what he calls it. And and of course, I think Tina Fey, she's like, uh, "You're not holding anything, Steve Jobs." <laughs> and he's like, "No, I am." And he lets it go, and it floats in the air. It was just so great. Like even in that era, like it just you know, Apple kept innovating, and it seemed like things were getting smaller and smaller. And of course, Saturday Night Live had to take a jab at it as well. But so much history, so much you know, effect on technology everywhere. Not just Apple, but so many things. I think owe a lot to the original iPod as well. We need to find the date in that video because I think it was even earlier than 2009, although I might be wrong what? about that. But it okay. was- uh, Somebody the, needs the to only, research and get back to us. The only reason the video, <laughs> I mean, the reason the video works so well, and it's still it's still funny today if you watch it, is because of what I referred to earlier, that Apple was continuously coming out with brand new designs for the iPod. Yes. And that's sort of the joke yes. is that in the video, exactly. they come out with new designs while he's actually speaking it as he's right. up there. Um, it's a great video. One of the things that I think is worth mentioning before we move on, which is a great thing about the iPod is that it was one of the first, I don't know about the first time, but it significantly had an iPod ecosystem that came up around it. So many oh, third-party yeah. products. Oh, yeah. One of the favorites that I had over the years was a, a Bose product called the Sound Sound Deck, I think it was called, that it was this okay. Bose speaker that had a little dock in it, and you would put your iPod in there. Oh, yeah, and that's much right. like you talked about with Christmas music, long yeah. after I owned an iPhone, I would still use my fifth-generation iPod with that Bose speaker in my living room just because it was a nice way to sort of have a self-contained right. music system right. there. Right. Back in the days when Bluetooth and stuff didn't work as well. But that was one of thousands of products. I mean, there were so yes, many companies you're right. you're that so made right. third-party products that worked with the iPod. Um, and that led to, as with the iPhone, so many companies making third-party products for the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that that's another important part too, that it, um, it, 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 it's just, you can't under, under you, you cannot say too much about the significance of the iPod, even though it's now just a fond memory. And I mentioned in my post that although the iPod name is now completely gone, It'll be curious to see if Apple ever brings it back in a different context. You know, we do have things like the um, the, the the AirPods and HomePod and that that pod name yeah, the lives pod, on. Right? And, and Apple may use it again in the future. We shall see. Um, but, you know, a name that meant nothing before Apple uh, took it. Uh, you know, you're showing right now a picture that it, the, the yes, name originally came this. from the pod bay doors of the 2001 <laughs> A Space Odyssey. So that's sort of where Open the um, pod bay Apple doors, Hal came up with the idea but it'll be curious That's where it to see came if, from if apple they added uses, the eye. right right if apple uses um pod again in the future um so well long, one long other story here's a, yeah here's our public service announcement if by any chance you happen to be uh uh in 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 the receipt of an unopened ipod of any kind or ipod touch i would say hold on to it 
it's, you, you linked to another story here that said that once Apple made this announcement, and it was like a press release, right? They called yeah. the music lives on. It was, of course, in Apple fashion. Like the iPod Touch would be available while supplies last. And they didn't and last Boy long. Heidi, <laughs> yeah. Boy Heidi, that was like the trigger that got everybody. They went, and I think it was within minutes or so that everything sold out, you mm -hmm. know, from officially from iPod, from, from Apple. So if you have an iPod Touch or any iPod at this point that is unopened, I'd say, hey, on to it and, you know, keep it for retirement because <laughs> there will be people that will pay top dollar for that at some point. And that was a neat thing that you linked to there as well. Okay. Long live the iPod, even though, you know, rest in peace as well. But thank you so much for letting us walk down memory lane there, uh, Jeff. That was so fun. Let's turn our attention now to something that's much, much more in the, in the, in the recent with iPad and iPhone. I didn't know that Mac Stories even was, was having this uh, shortcuts contest, but I'm so glad you linked to it. And John Voorhees this past week, I think yesterday, uh, announced the winners of the shortcuts contest this was fantastic and boy uh, like you like you said in your post i'm gonna have to try a couple of these these are great yeah it's great they had a contest for anyone that wanted to use the shortcuts app on an iphone or an ipad or even a mac because it was a mac, mac yeah now. they have a mac Just, in here too yeah to submit their shortcuts and they chose the best ones and it's it's great fun to read through the list you know the first yeah. thing you have on the screen there is meme maker you know everybody uh -huh. knows the the meme of the guy walking with his girlfriend who turns his right. head to look at the you know the, the <laughs> other woman um but it's just a quick little thing that you know they'll take one of those famous meme images and and put the text on top of it and do it all right. in an automated way right. which is just a clever thing for someone to do but there's so many different ones what in a here. winner That's yeah one that was i thought that was cool in here is you can you know you can activate many shortcuts by using the share sheet which is you know that square with the triangle right. at the top of your screen and so if you're on an amazon product page and you're looking at a product and you say okay i see this is selling for you know 59 is that a good price for oh, it where's that you one? can yeah. activate the short the sheet the the share sheet and activate this shortcut and it will show you a chart that it pulls using the site and i'm forgetting the name of it um uh know, camel 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 um camel 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 you know is a site that will show you the yes. price of products on amazon over time and it will just give you a little chart that shows oh, you it you've got it right yeah. there it'll show right, you the price history is. so you can see okay well it's Ooh. currently 59 dollars, and i can see that's a pretty good price or you can see oh no this is the highest that this product has been in the last 12 months maybe right. i want to wait another wait, month and right. see if it comes back down but you know there's just so many clever little things that you can do with shortcuts and if you read through this post it will just remind you that you know there's no limit to creativity of what people can do with the shortcuts app. And am I correct? And I think I am, Joe, uh, Jeff, when, when, if you want to try these, it's so easy now that you click through and it looks like it's through iCloud, it. right? Yeah. You just and download just, yeah. wherever you are. Like if you're on your iPad or your iPhone, it adds itself to your shortcuts app, which I got to tell you, I still run into people that have ne like never even opened the shortcuts app, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I rarely go into it, which is sad because we have good friends like David Sparks, you know, that's been talking about this and even Max Stories and John Voorhees and everybody. It's like every time I see it, I'm like, why am I not using them more? But it's so nice that you can click. And even though these are shortcuts, Again, we trust them because they theoretically have gone through sort of the app store. I mean, this is an iCloud link that it goes to here, mm -hmm. downloads the shortcut, puts it into your shortcuts app. And then whenever you want to use it, you just go in and you tap it and it runs. Uh, so, it, it, you know, not only is it neat that the shortcuts app and some people have like gone all in on shortcuts. Again, David Sparks has a whole book and everything, which is great. But that's the fact that it's so, you know, Apple, again, makes it easy to integrate these, you don't have to know how to program or, you know, set something up or, you know, like I trust it because I know it theoretically, it's gone through some kind of a vetting process on this. Am I yeah. correct in all that? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know about the vetting process part, but there's the shortcuts are sandbox. So there's a limit to what they can do. Sometimes yes, okay, those limits okay, make okay, it good. frustrating for people that they wish they could be more powerful. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel, I think you can be perfectly safe downloading a shortcuts, you know, seeing what it does. And if it's something that you think you want to use, go ahead and use it. You scrolled across yeah. one that many folks may find useful too. It was another award winner today is it has, um, I forget what the name of it is, but it allows you to launch a zoom meeting. And the idea is when, yeah, you, when I saw you, that. like, let's just say you put this on your deck, you know how you can have like an icon on your on your uh, home screen that if you tap right. it, it brings up the thing you can click this 
and it will look at your calendar and it'll see whatever Zoom meeting you have that's about to start or maybe one that started a minute or two ago, just in case you're a little late and it will uh -huh. automatically get that information and it will start the Zoom meeting. And so, you know, if oh, you cool. have a call, instead of yeah. you fumbling, looking through your calendar, finding the entry, click it, you could just tap this one thing and you're suddenly on the Zoom meeting. I'm like, that's, oh, a, that's, that's a clever idea. I'm doing I like that. that. I'm I doing like that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. so many clever ideas like that. It's definitely worth taking a look at it. Thanks for linking to that. Uh, I think, was it last week or a few weeks ago, your in the know tip was about the speed test service slash app, which was really good. And you linked today about a new upgrade or a feature that they added in this. Very cool. Yeah, that was two weeks ago was my in the know tip. Okay, two And weeks now ago, there's a yeah. new feature that it's a map feature. And if you tap on it at the bottom of the speed Ooh, test app, nice. you can actually see where your different cell phone services, you know, AT&T, Verizon, you, you name it, um, where they're getting 5G, where they just have LTE, and, and if there's any that are in older than LTE, Ooh. you'll see that too. So if you're having difficulty with a signal in a location, you can use yeah. this map to see, oh, well, I can see that this is a problem location. Or if you're trying to right, decide, right. you know, I'm going, you know, what what's the best service to use where I live or what's the best use? You know, there's all sorts of different uses for this, and I think it's pretty cool that they do it. So uh, check it out. It's interesting. I love it. I'm, I'm looking right now I'm, I'm updating all of my apps because i want to mm -hmm. make sure i get this i just i like that uh that aspect in there cool feature. something that a lot of people have always talked about with cellular service has been uh how do emergency services work with that right in other words how can you pinpoint where somebody is maybe cellular service is is a little bit easier maybe than wi-fi i just know this is a topic that comes up you had a link today that at&t becomes the first carrier to support 911 location-based routing seems like it's a good thing right yeah, I have to admit that my big surprise here was um, <laughs> that it wasn't already in place. Um, right. <laughs> and I mean, obviously they've been putting it in place throughout. I guess the the big announcement is that now it's nationwide and it works everywhere. Okay, and the issue okay. is this, you know, traditionally if you call 911, of course they'll ask where you're located, but if for some reason you can't articulate or speak where you're located, they would use this different cell towers and they would tri triangulate the between cell towers right, right. to figure out where you were. But as this article points out, that only gets within a certain degree of accuracy. That's right, that's um, right. I think, you know, maybe a, a couple mile radius, um, up to a 10 mile radius. Whereas nowadays your iPhone, if that's what you're using to call 911, of course it knows exactly where you are because of GPS, unless that's off. And so that information can now be provided to 911 through AT&T. I okay, actually thought it was nice. already doing this, but I'm glad to see that it's doing it nationwide because you know you could be in a horrible situation where there's an intruder in your house and you don't wanna be speaking very much, but you can call 911 right. and they'll instantly know right. where you are. So um, bravo, all the carriers around the world should do something like this. Um, uh, I think it's fantastic. Excellent. You had two bullet points this week about some experiences that you had with both your iPad and your iPhone. And I am thankful that you provided this because it made, it, it made me think, first of all, let's do the iPad thing. Why don't you explain the issue that you had with your iPad this past week and how it was fixed, Jeff? I was using the PDF expert app on my iPad, which uh -huh. I, um, one of the ways that I get some files on there Love is I it. sync them with Dropbox. And I noticed that my Dropbox sync, like I saw an error message in PDF expert that it wasn't syncing. And so it wasn't updating things. I'm like, well, that's really strange. And I figured, right. you know, the way that you normally fix something like that in it is just to delete the connection to Dropbox completely and then reinstall it, which reinstall is not going to lose right. anything because everything, right. you know, is, is synced from Dropbox anyway. And then when I tried to put the connection back and in fact, that's the direction that Readle tells you on its website, that that's what they suggest if you have problems with a cloud service. Okay. So I okay. disconnected it and I tried to connect it again and it said it wouldn't work. I got this error message. The error message said that, I think I I'm have a screenshot now. of it yeah. here. It said that um, the uh, error loading app info what does that mean? Oh, <laughs> and so fine. I just That's could not cryptic. get Dropbox to work. And I started looking on the internet and I wasn't seeing anybody else talking about the problem. So I thought this was odd. So fortunately it was an easy fix because on the Rita website, there's a way that you can, um, you know, open a support ticket. And I described what was going on right. and they had me provide some screenshots and they even asked me to take like a little, um, you know, how you can record your screen using that little thing from the control center. Oh, nice. So yeah. I, I did like a 10 second recording showing them exactly what was oh, going cool. on. And fortunately within a couple 
hours, they fixed it. But um, so, I mean, if you had, anybody out there has a, a weird problem like this, it's it's nice to know that it worked. I mentioned in my post today that I almost felt bad because the support person, it was clear from her email, she was referencing the fact that she's in Ukraine. And I'm like, oh my God, you have such oh, more important things to worry yeah. about than my Dropbox connection I'm right sorry. now. I'm sorry. I know there so, might be um, a bomb falling, but can you help me? <laughs> exactly. So fortunately, it was an easy fix. But for a couple hours there, my Dropbox wasn't working, which was surprising to me. So I'm glad that it was fixed. Um, uh, and and of Go course, I, I'm sorry, I just want to say, I don't mean to joke about it, but Riedel has been very uh, uh, prolific in, in talking about the war, like their experience. And I remember they even had a blog post, I think, within the very first days about the fact that they have multiple offices. They've been very transparent in what they're doing, you know, in support. In fact, you can see at the top, they've got a banner at their website where you can subscribe. In fact, they even changed all of their uh, icons on their apps. Again. So they have a little bit of a Ukraine flag. So I, I just that, wanted yeah. to, I, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows, uh, wasn't making light of the fact, but, but uh, it was interesting that you were thinking about that because th this is one of the most, I, I, at least in, in our little techie world, right? One of the most high profile software developers that are based in Ukraine, there's many others, but mm -hmm. I think Riedel has done a very good job of at least of navigating that. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up. Really no, quick. it's definitely worth mentioning. Yeah. The other bizarre problem that I had this week, and I've had something yes. like this happen once before, which was I was recording video on my iPhone 13 okay. Pro, and um, the device was getting a little hot. Sometimes it gets hot when it records the 4K video. And, um, oh, okay. and you as were I was high, recording- You were high-end video, right? High-end right. 4K Yeah, and I'm, I'm pushing okay. it to its limits. I know that because I wanted to get the best quality video. Of course. It, my, my son was receiving an athletic award for, for he did really well in track and field this year. So you nice. know when it gets to the moment, I mean, I had been sort nice. of recording throughout the ceremony on and off because I did not know when they were going to get to his award. And- um, and so when they finally got to his award, suddenly my iPhone's my I mean, it was recording video and it just suddenly stopped. I'm like, what the heck? And so I go to to hit the button again to continue recording Whoa. a video again, and it, the button won't do anything. And I'm like, what's going on here? My son's walking up to the stage, and the next thing I know, like the screen restarts. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not um I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it. There uh it's not that the iPhone restarted; it's the home screen restarted. There's a there's a name for that of uh, the app. It's oh. an app. It's a name that you never see um, unless you're a developer or something like that. Uh, Springboard. That's what it's called. Springboard, oh, which is wow. the home screen okay. of, the, of the iPhone. It just it took about ten seconds, and then I was back on the home screen. I'm like, what the what? So. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, my iPhone overheated and decided we're not taking video anymore because it's getting too hot in here. Um, and that has happened to me once before a very long time ago. And my theory, and this happens so infrequently that I can't test it, is that um, although taking 4K video certainly puts a lot of pressure on your iPhone, I suspect it also had something to do with the fact that the cellular connection is not great there. And I, and I had 5G turned on. Okay, you know, right. We know that 5G uses more power. In it's, retrospect, yeah, what I wish I had done was first of all, restart my iPhone before I started recording video. And second of all, I should have just put airplane mode on just to turn off because I didn't need to have cellular connections at that point. Right. I was watching right, a, right, right. A, an award ceremony, for goodness sakes. I'm not texting with anybody. So um, if I had done both of those things, I mean, first of all, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Right. But if this error was going to yeah. happen, I probably could have <laughs> avoided it if I had done those things. And I, I just think with lots of people going into end of the year graduations and other things right now that, you know, the iPhone really is the best video recording device, um, <laughs> right. but it right. is a little computer and it can have bugs and problems. And so if you're going to record something that's really important to you and you want to make sure, I mean, in this case, whatever, it's not a big deal that I missed that little, you know, picking up the award, but, um, but if it really matters well, to you, yeah, if it's a wedding a or graduation deal. or something right. like that, you know, right. I recommend, you know, restart your iPhone just to just to sort of clean it out before you start and consider turning huh. off the stuff that's going to really um, wear down the battery so that, uh, you know, so that it doesn't overheat. So it's bizarre. And again, the, the last time it happened to me was maybe a year or two ago when I was uh, recording one of my daughter's basketball games and, and I've been recording the whole game. So, I mean, it, it had been going on for a, a long 30 time, minutes right. and then, and then it just suddenly um, overheated and stopped. So Bizarre thing. So, Hopefully, yeah. something. That I'm so glad you shared, mm -hmm. but that makes me a little peeved. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know that I can remember that. In fact, I it was earlier this week. I was I was doing the same recording. My kids were at, were doing a band concert, um, and and I don't think I do 4K because I just have the iPhone 12 Pro, mm -hmm. so we can still do 4K, but I typically don't. 
And I think it's more like a storage concern than anything sure. else. Oh, it takes but, up so much space. Yeah. But I do like having the ability. In fact, I remember switching through, and you know, you can you at the when you're in that camera mode, you can just tap the top right, and it allows you to switch through like if you want to do 720, 1080, you know, 4K and 60 or 30 uh, uh, frames per second, whatever. And I was like, okay, I probably don't need 4K. It would be nice to have, mm -hmm. but. I wonder if that was just the issue. Again, like you said, you were on 5G, you know, you were doing 4K, you were going anyway. I I have never seen my phone do that, and I, I I would I would like to say it's as simple as well, just you know, <laughs> stay away from 4K. But that's ridiculous. I don't want mm -hmm. you to stay away from 4K. But yeah, I agree with you. I will still do hard reboots of my phone every once in a while. But man, what a time to do that! Like I don't want to have to do that then, and I really don't want to have to remember it every time. But it is a good tip, though. It is something that I would typically do, especially if you know going in that you don't want it to happen uh, there, which is which is nice. Yeah, I mean, you raise uh, an okay. interesting 4K video. I'll just mention on the iPhone. I love the quality of it. It looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. You've got yeah. like I have this this beautiful 4K television. They look fantastic on them. But yeah. you know, it's still sort of a pain right now because the files are so huge. It means that I can't just leave the videos in my photos app because they're just going to make they're going to make it too big so on my mac i need to move them out i have yeah. them on an external right. this external drobo which is like a raid device that's got yes. tons of storage and fact, literally nice. just last night i got like one of the little green lights on one of the one of the bays went yellow just to tell me i'm starting to get low and i know why because even though i don't take a lot of <laughs> hd video i just put all of my original stuff there and, and take it off of photos and it just right. takes up so much space but i know in the back of my head 10 years from now, 15 years, you know, there's going to come a time in the future where I'll be an empty nester, the kids will be gone, and I right. might want to go back. And at, by then, you know, 4K will seem as quaint as, you know, who knows what. And so <laughs> right. I will, as right. quaint as an iPod. And so I will, I will want to have the best quality video just in case I wanted to, you know, remaster one of my home videos or right. something like that. And I may never do it, but I just figured I should hold on to that stuff just in case. So, you know, it, there's downsides of recording 4K, like the fact that your iPhone can overheat and they yeah. take so much space but wow i've never heard that but i'm glad for the uh for the uh the tip or the or the in the know there we haven't even got to in the know you know i i, I got a quick I, i'll do a quick uh apple tip on this as well um yesterday i finally went to the apple store i have I have tried several Apple watch bands off of Amazon. I've been cheaping out because <laughs> I, I love that solo loop idea. But here's the thing. I, I was finally at the point, like I just got one. I thought it was good. And then it started getting a little bit too loose Was I, if mm -hmm. I run or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to spend the money. And so sure enough, I went and got I, – I, but here's the thing. Apple, when they first came out, they allowed you – and I did this. They You print out – a sizing guide. Do you remember doing yeah, this? I don't yeah, know if you yeah. ever did this on there, but that was very cool. And so I cut it out and they give you this little sizing guide. And so they, you know, you put it around your wrist and then you can see the number that you're at. But here's the thing, Jeff, I was like, mm, I, you know, I don't know if I trust it because I've been burned <laughs> before. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the Apple store. I'm going to walk up to that table and I'm going to say, I want to try on several sizes because it's all in sizes you know one mm -hmm. to eight i think it is or, or actually it's one to 12 and i'm like i want to try on some sizes so sure enough they had a little tray that they had one through 12 on there and they were like okay take your watch off you know take off the band and put on you know this one try this one oh that's too loose and so i went and tried another one and that just gave me all the confidence that i needed and in fact this what i ended up doing they had a little uh nicer thing like a, a cloth thing that they measured this and they said i was an eight this said the one that i printed out said it was a seven so sure oh, enough i tried on an eight and it was a little too loose and i'm like no i'm gonna go to seven so my paper printout was a little more accurate now i'm just you know who knows what that could be i don't think that they're inaccurate there but it was great to be able to try them on so you can see if, if you can see you can see this nice little tasty little color here mm -hmm. because it was the only one they had available was nectarine jeff the the guy was like i'm sorry all i have is a nectarine i'm like okay i'm gonna go out to the parking lot and i'll just order one from apple store they were all back ordered for like two months so i walk <laughs> back in and i say yeah give me the nectarine even though it looks like i'm you know eating a tangerine on my wrist there i actually think but it looks anyway, pretty good though i don't know i I, like you know, it. I, yeah. I am i love it i've already tested it out you know i've worn it a couple of days and who knows we'll see i'll, I'll report back in a couple of weeks if it gets too loose because my thing is i don't want it jiggling i was running with one of the older ones and you know when the watch bumps up away from your skin you know exactly where i'm going with this right it locks and i'm like when i'm running i don't want it to to lock itself and then i have to stop and unlock it like no i want it to be snug on my wrist and it was just so i'm just saying if you're interested in either 
the solo loop band, which is this, whatever they call it, elastomer, plumber, polymer, whatever it is, or they have a solo loop braided, which my wife was actually wanting to get. That's another excellent one to get uh, as well. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out. That was my yeah. little Apple I, I, I will uh, say something. yesterday. I own more Apple Watch bands than any sane person should own. <laughs> so I will admit that I have a problem. Uh, you know, some people have lots now. of different shoes. Yeah. Some people have lots yeah. of different everythings. I have a little bit of an Apple Watch band problem. But having said that, um, nowadays, I really just use two types of bands. I have a Milanese loop that I wear in the office, which I'm wearing right yes. now which I yes. like because it looks professional. That's the and, stainless um, steel, right? right. Stainless, uh, it's not the stainless steel links, but it is stainless steel. Uh, but okay. It's got the okay. Milanese loop, which is nice and yeah, it's easy so to pretty. adjust. But yes. at, at the end of the day, when I go home, I always take this one off and switch it to sort of like a more casual band. Yeah. And for months and months and months, it's been a solo loop. And I've got two of them right now. I've got one. Really? Blue, one okay, good. And so you know what I'm talking about. It depends upon what mood I'm in. But I love the solo loop. It's so simple. Um, but I love the fact that it's not going to come it's, off because it's got no clasps. No, nothing. Yeah. It's incredibly comfortable. It's it's durable because it's the, the material. It. Right. If I wash dishes or whatever, I could care less if it gets wet or right. anything like that. Exactly. It's great for exercising. Okay, it it really is. Um, I I've if I get another band, um, I would want to get another solo loop, just maybe just yeah, a different I'm color. Sold. So I'm a huge, huge proponent of the solo. They're, they're 50 bucks, so it's not too That's expensive. It. Well, um, exactly. But but for a band, Jeff, that was it. I, know, I was paying yeah. like $8 and $12 for these on, <laughs> on Amazon and nothing against those companies. In fact, I still keep those because like you, every once in a while, I mean, the other ones are at least black. So it's not it's not as, you know, punch you in the face nectarine color like I've got here. So I but, you know, I, I will just say quickly. I've never been a huge watch guy, but with the Apple Watch, just the ease of which we can switch out the bands, that mm -hmm. still just kind of blows me away, and it makes it's it makes great. it fun. That it was we can, one of the best parts about the design. Yeah. Okay. So, last thing quickly, I would just say you linked to a, a YouTube video, which is one of several that I have seen this past week. We talked about this what last week or two weeks mm -hmm. ago that Apple now allows you to repair your own mm -hmm. iPhones, <laughs> but these videos were just so fantastic. In fact, I love the way this. When starts off what you were showing that he got he had a small box that had the replacement screen on it right there it is the little cardboard box and then he says but for apple to to send you all the equipment you need to repair it it's two like 97 pounds of pelican cases exactly <laughs> they sent you just insane yeah. on this but there are people that will that will do it like these are these are literally the same equipment that apple sends to their apple stores if i'm not mistaken yeah so you you are basically accessing the same equipment that you would use if you, if you took it into the apple store which after watching these videos that's the only way i'm ever going to repair my apple phones at, at this point <laughs> yeah yeah i have no desire to ever open up an iphone but i really enjoyed looking at this video the video reinforced for me that i have no business ever going inside of an iphone but it was really interesting <laughs> to watch the process and so if you if you have any curiosity about you know how things work i i, I strongly recommend even if you just sort of scrub through the video and pick little parts to watch yes it's it's fun seeing everything that goes into uh, changing an iPhone screen, <laughs> changing an iPhone battery, opening it, closing it. It's really, it's cool. It's fun to watch. I had no idea really that there was this much involved, but yeah. you know, just to see I, again, kudos to Apple. They are sending all this equipment and I think they only charge you $50, right? I mean, the shipping on mm -hmm. these Pelican cases alone <laughs> have got to be a couple hundred bucks or something. <laughs> They're huge and they send all this equipment. Anyway, thanks for linking to that and and uh, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Yeah, that was Quinn can. Nelson, by the way. The I should mention his name because he did a great job. Oh, good, that. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay, now let's get to some tips and funny enough, since I just, we've been talking about the Apple Watch, this is one of the tips that I wanted to use because I also, in addition to getting my solo loop, I splurged a little and got another product from Apple that I don't hear a lot of people talking about called the MagSafe Duo. Do you know what I'm talking about, Jeff? I do. And this when is, you've used it for yeah. a while, I want to hear your review. You I know. know. That's, That's it. So I'll save that for later. That was okay. the thing. I didn't want to use that as my in the know tip today. But because I got it, I have never used the Apple Watch in what is called the nightstand mode because I've never purchased a charger for my Apple Watch that would put the Apple Watch in sort of like a, a, a vertical orientation. In other words, the only way I've ever charged my Apple Watch is I just used the charging cable that came with the Apple Watch. So it's just a long cable with a little, you know, magnetic disc on it. And so at night, 
In fact, since we've got several Apple Watches in the house, there's like four little Apple Watch chargers lined up down on the on the counter, and everybody at night puts their Apple Watch in there, and that's where they stay. But I've always known that Apple has the nightstand mode, and if you can get a charger that will sit in a, you know, I, I call it a vertical uh, orientation, maybe, I don't know, a portrait, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Right. It actually works in both orientations. So even if you have it flipped up, it can either, either right. orientation, but the key is you have to have something to hold it in that in that in that position exactly yeah and i see that it comes on like it, it, it basically it's just a simplified here's a picture i'm showing it's a simplified uh, uh uh interface right it shows the time and the date and then if you have an alarm coming up and then it shows the charging uh status and i think i saw last night that it also shows like if you got notifications has that little red dot at the top yeah, it's like a mini alarm um, clock it is. And I've always wanted to try this and I've just never like pulled the things up to the room, you know, just to, to put it on my bedside. Because honestly, Jeff, I've always just left my iPhone next to me. So I wanted to try this MagSafe Duo, which is great because it'll charge the iPhone and it'll charge the uh, the Apple Watch at the same time. So I'll report back on that. But I did just want to pull out the nightstand mode again. It was very cool. I in in it I, I in error thought that the display on the apple watch would stay on all night yeah. but i think that's a little ridiculous now that i think about it but if you i guess move your hand toward it or if you tap the apple watch screen it'll turn on and then you can see the time so it doesn't stay on all the time but I, I thought it was just fantastic to have that little tiny, you know, my watch is there, it's charging, and then I can also see the, the time and if there's an alarm that comes on. And I believe, I didn't try this last night, but I believe that if you have an alarm and it's getting close to the time when the alarm is going to ring, that the Apple Watch um, screen will start to lighten up. Maybe you've used it this way. I haven't tried it yet, but I can report back later. But it'll start, it'll kind of brighten a little bit until it gets to the time for the, the alarm, and then it'll start going off on there as well. I didn't know that if it does that. But I've been yeah. using Nightstone for night mode for years and years and years. Okay. And yeah, I actually think good. it would be cool if it stayed on all the time because it's such a faint display that I don't think it would right. keep me awake or anything like that, unlike an iPhone staying on would keep me awake. Um, but what's so nice about it is any motion will trigger it. And so for me, even in okay. the middle of night if i just i mean of course if i tap precisely the right. apple watch it will come on but right. if i just sort of touch my nightstand that's enough motion for it to come on just so it just takes, hover your hand it, it takes incredibly <laughs> no matter how half asleep i am in the middle of the night if i happen to wake up i can just touch pretty much anything over there by my nightstand and it will come on and it will tell me the time and i love this feature so cool I, I, okay I good i really, really enjoy using i knew it. you had right. been using it and 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 now I'm, I'm kicking myself that i hadn't started earlier but it's just really cool now that i've got this simple uh you know charger so that it flips it you know it flips it up and like you said the orientation will change depending on the way that, you know the way that you have the apple watch but just such a neat thing that i can be charging it at the time and it's almost like now my watch isn't just sitting somewhere now it's actually being useful i feel like in the middle of the night so yeah. anyway that's my tip is the nightstand mode yeah, when I saw that you were mentioning this, I wanted to mention what for me is sort of the opposite of nightstand mode. And here's the reason why. Oh, good. So my tip itself is the uh, theater <laughs> mode, which is another one of the modes that you can get your Apple Watch in. Now, oh, unlike yeah. the nightstand mode, which comes on automatically when you put it in a charger, right, um, right. this mode is something that you access from the control center. So you basically just swipe up on, okay. on the screen of your Apple Watch. Apple says technically you put, hold your finger at the bottom of the screen for a second and then swipe up. But and in my experience, okay. you just okay. swipe up and it works. Yeah. Um, and yeah. one of the many modes that you can turn on there is a the theater mode. And it's designed, as the name implies, for if you're in like a movie theater that's super dark, you don't want your Apple Watch being bright and obnoxious to the people around you. So when you turn this mode oh, off, yeah. the Apple Watch will stay off even if you lift, even if you lift your arm. So it's, you know, which would normally trigger the screen. So the right. only time the screen comes on is when you physically touch the screen. So it's nice if you're in a movie theater. I haven't been in a movie theater for many years now. We'll see when I do that again. Um, but what the reason I recommend it is not for movie theaters. I recommend it for, I use the um, nightstand mode that you just described 99% of the time. But every once in a while, I enjoy wearing my Apple Watch when I sleep. Um, okay. Sometimes yeah. because like, I know I'm going to up, wake up earlier than my wife and I'll use my Apple Watch to tap me to wake up right. um, so that she doesn't right. have to hear something. Nice. Or, right. um, or sometimes there'll just be times where I just want to wear it on. I know that people use it for sleep tracking and stuff. I don't really true, do that. True. Maybe one day yeah. I will. But when I do wear it at night, what I don't want is every time I move my arm around for the light to come on um, and perhaps wake me up or I don't know if it would or not, oh, but more importantly, to wear down the battery. So yeah. I always use, now you can use uh, sleep, you can use the other modes 
to do this, like sleep mode, but I actually don't like using sleep mode as much because there's a whole bunch of other things it does too, like right. changing alerts and notifications. I just want to keep everything Correct. the way it normally is. I just want the screen to not go on unless I gotcha. actually okay. touch it. And that's what theater mode does for me. So whenever I wear my Apple watch at night, I turn on theater mode, keep it on all night long. And then in the morning, I turn off theater mode and I'm back to my normal watch again. Now that does take up some battery, right? So, and, and you're not charging your watch overnight. So the downside is you need to find some time during the day to charge right. your watch. And, right. you know, with the, with the newest model of the Apple watch that I own, it's, it's nice because you can use fast charging if you've got the right cable and stuff, which, which charges it, you know, a little bit faster. Right. So, right. you know, I can find time during the day to charge my Apple watch. I prefer not to do it. And that's why I don't wear my Apple watch at night very often um, because I don't want to have to remember. And I sometimes forget, but I do do it sometimes. And when I do theater mode is the way to go. And when I'm not using theater mode, it is always on my nightstand using nightstand mode. So (laughs) those are the two modes that my watch is always in at night. I'm going to try the theater mode. I knew it was there, but I used to use, I remember earlier it was, there was a little bed icon, right? Mm -hmm. That was like the sleep mode. That works too, but it just turns off a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and, um, but I don't think they have it in bed. In other words, just to, to your point, they now have put that into the do not disturb or the focus modes. So one of the focus modes is the sleep mode. Verify yeah. if that's true on your watch. Because I don't have the bed mode. Maybe I have to add it in there again. But I like this idea, exactly what you're saying, like the theater mode. Now we'll turn the screen because it is very bright if you do wear it to bed. Every once in a while, I do the same thing. And uh, it is it would be nice just in, to do theater mode instead of that, you know, going into the sleep mode. Because like you, I don't want anything to stop or change. I just want that screen to go off. And it looks like to get out of that theater mode, you just turn the crown. Is that right? Is, am I remembering that correctly? Okay. Uh, you can uh, you can turn it off by just bringing up the control panel and turn it off that way. Oh, turn, turn the it thing off. Yeah, that the yeah, crown okay. does in theater mode is if you want to just sort of peek at your watch, like see what time it is, but you don't want it to go from completely black to completely bright. If you turn up the digital crown, it will very slowly bring the brightness up. So it's a, it's a way that you can just, you know, just ever so slightly turn on, turn on the, the light. So you can see the time in a way that's not going to be obnoxious to people around you. So again, I don't really use that at nighttime. If I'm sleeping, if I wanted to look at the time, but if you were truly in a theater, you would do it. I'm going to just before we finish here. And I know we're going long today, but when you look at your control center, there's another setting in there that you may not have ever noticed before. It's called school time mode. And the icon, on forward is looks like a kid holding up his arm and it's an interesting mode that you can set on a child's apple watch so that while they are in class oh i they, see it it limits it puts a very special watch on it which is very uh clear it's got like a yellow yeah, circle it on it School time and though. um there, there's a picture Ooh. of it right there and it, there's very limited things you can do with the watch during school time mode. So you can't be playing games or using other apps. Oh, you basically look just look at, at the time and some emergency notifications can come in and stuff like that. And um, the idea is that your child would have this on during the school day so that they're not playing around with their watch. And although you can exit <laughs> the school time mode, um, you have to go through some panels to do it. If you if a parent sets this up for a child, the parent right. can actually get a notification that, hey, your kid turned off school time mode for about 30 minutes today between 10 and 1030. And you're like, oh, wow. Uh, what were you doing at school today? What were you and doing? Hopefully they were in a free period when they did that. It's a little big brotherish, right? But you can turn that on. You can also use school time mode for yourself. If you just prefer just, you know, to limit yourself, I want to be in a mode that I can see the time and I don't want to be, I want to have an extra barrier before I start playing around with my Apple watch. You can oh, certainly yeah. turn it on yourself and just see what you think about it. But it's when you're looking at the control center, I forget when Apple added this feature, but um, it might be one that you look at the icon. You're like, what in the world is this one? So that's what yeah. school time is. It, it looks like a kid raising his hand, like you said. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so. I and I didn't have it in my control panel, but one of the the the, the, the oh, did you have to add it? Here. Yeah, I may have added it. Yeah, a you, while ago. you which is easy. To, you if you scroll all the way down in the control center, right? You mm-hmm. can tap edit, and then if you don't have some buttons in, here's the little the little gift here showing them. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can add or you can subtract. So if you don't see theater mode. Uh, that it's it's two little masks, right? The happy and sad mask. If you don't see that icon, well, there, happy and sad mask is yeah, that's theater mode, right? Exactly, theater, and, theater mode, right? If you right. don't have it there, that's how you add it. But I think most of it's it's by default. But the school time mode, mine is not in by default, or it wasn't, or maybe I took it out. But you can simply add it by uh, by tapping that edit 
and or, or more. I think it says more down at the bottom too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or some, or you say edit, and then you tap more, and then there's ones that you haven't added. It, it, it's self-explanatory. I'm messing it up, but it's easy to make you know change your control center on the uh, on the Apple Watch. Man, it's like bonus bonus tips today. This is fantastic. I love it. Jeff, thanks as always. Good stuff today. Thanks for talking about the iPod. What a fun walk down memory lane. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. It was great talking to you, Brett. Bye-bye, everybody.